You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. You are listening to Racing Nation. It's now time for our Dynamic Form Ratings Review and Preview, brought to you, of course, by Dynamic Form, serious punting, serious form, dynamicform.com.au. Joining me now from Dynamic Form, none other than Jack Smallhorn. How are you? Hey, James. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very well. Well, what a week this is. I think it's just Papa's dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is Christmas. <laughs> Better than. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, very excited to um, sink my teeth into it. All right. Well, let's um, let's have a look. Before we do have a look at what's coming up, we had an incredible weekend last weekend of, of racing. Of course, the, the Cox Plate was run. Of course, we saw the, the Manicato. We saw the Spring Champions. We saw a number of great races. So, in review... Uh, what did we learn from a ratings point of view from racing last weekend? Yeah, we'll just have a quick skim through those races as a review. So the Spring Champion Stakes was taken out by Sharp and Smart. Um, he was quite impressive. He sat three wide the trip and was still uh, too strong for them at the end. She's Extreme looked a little unlucky there, um, but hard to say she should have won given given mm. the winner sat three wide and still gave them a beating. Um, it's rated pretty well, that race, so Sharp and Smart now goes to the Derby on Saturday, and um, we might talk about him a little bit later, and she's extreme, will tackle the Oaks on Thursday, so they both look uh, very hard to beat in those races going forward. The Manicato, geez, this race was turned on its head, mm. got moved from the Friday after that freak storm to the last race on Saturday, race 11, so Bella Nipatina there has just run an absolute career peak by... Oh, probably three or four lengths, um, recording a rating of 69. So that's that's sort of pretty close to the top sprinters in the country, that sort of figure. They're normally sort of low 70s, so that's not far off. Um, she finally kicked off that Group 1 win, obviously. she's um, I think she had three Group 1 placings, so good to see her win like that and get her Group 1. Not a heap else to report, um, to be honest. Rothfire and Best of Order were both pretty good up on the speed, but no match. Um, Paul Ailey... Very disappointing there, so I'm um, not sure what happened there. But, yeah, Bella Nipatina, um, she's probably one that I'll obviously be talking about for the Everest next year now. Um, she's going to stay in work. Stay in work. So um, she's probably the one to take out of there. The Cox Plate was an absolute cracker of a race. Um, Animo, given the 10 out of 10 from McDonald, he just missed a start like a half a length, and McDonald still was able to... You know, give him a dig and get him in the perfect position somehow. It was brilliant riding. I think you could probably make a case to say if I'm Thunderstruck struck through a better barrier, he might have even won the race. He just, as we said last week, he was going to be sort of three lengths off Animo from that wide gate and it was just going to be really hard from there. But he ran an enormous race to only just miss. I think they're going to meet again in the champion stakes on the last day of the Flemington Carnival. So... I wouldn't be surprised if I'm Thunderstruck turn the tables there on Animo, um, obviously pending barrier draws, but um, yeah, that'll be a really interesting race if they both meet again. Interestingly, the the strength of the Cox Plate this year was it was the weakest rating one for the last ten years. So that's just yeah, on pure, yeah it's just on pure mm-hmm. ratings. Um, obviously, the form of the race is going to hold up because these are the best horses we've got going around at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting that. Um, yeah, it was probably a length or two off the, you know, the mid-range Cox plates in the last ten years, and obviously Winks, um, hers rated through the roof um, 
about well, eight or what was it about six or seven years ago. So yeah, but um, I thought that was an interesting point. But obviously, yeah, the form's going to hold up because that is the cream of the crop that we've got at the moment. So um, yeah, that's a little review. Not a heat to take away, but it was some great racing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's have a look at what is in front of us. Let's concentrate on Flemington. It's day one of that Flemington Carnival. We kick it off, as always, with Derby Day, the uh, traditional start. And uh, we have three big group ones, so let's hone in on those. A very important one for three-year-olds is the Coolmore Stud Stakes over 1,200 metres at Group 1 level. Often the race they call it the stallion-making race. We've seen some absolute yeah. champions come through this line, the Coolmore Stud Stakes. But uh, what can you tell us about the addition this year? Yeah, it looks a really competitive race. Um, it is the stallion-making race, they they say, but we've gone with the two fillies here um, to break their hearts and all the studs' hearts uh, in secret and cool and gather a joint top raiders. The uh, the fillies have been pretty competitive with the Colts, if not a little bit better through this age group. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that the fillies can measure up and fillies have won seven of the last 20 runnings of this race, which is quite interesting considering, as you said, it's it's that stallion-making race that everyone makes out. So, uh, Cool and Gatta, she was late scratching of the Manicato um, with the heavy track. To, uh, last touch in the morning, she beat Bella Nipotino, which probably look, obviously looks pretty hot form now. Um, and she's drawn well on that outside part of the track. So, she should make her presence felt. In secret, was really brave in the Golden Rose, stretching out to 1,400 metres. I don't think there's much doubt that that's the the cream of the crop, the the, the strongest three odd form reference um, so far, and her drop back to 1200 metres should be very suitable for her. So they're the two we've gone with. Given we can't really split them, and Cool and Gatter's eight dollars, and In Secret's three dollars seventy, you've probably got to side with um, Cool and Gatter, but um, maybe a little saver on In Secret just to cover yourself. That's a look at the Coolmore Stud Stakes over 1200 metres. It'll be race six on the card. Race 7 is the Penfold Victoria Derby, Group 1 over 2,500 metres. And, yeah, you're right, isn't it? It's a stallion-making race day. Well, this is the uh, the big one for the stayers or stayers of the future, I suppose. Uh, the best crop of three-year-olds. And you talked before about Sharp and Smart. It's the top weight. And, uh, yeah, see if Graham Rogerson can win another derby. What can you tell us about this edition of the derby? Yeah, well, we've landed with Sharp and Smart again uh, after his big win in the Spring Champion Stakes last Saturday. He, he just looks like a sort of horse that's just going to get better as the distances increase. Um, he, he's got J-Mac booked, barrier three, should just lob straight behind the speed. Um, he looks extremely hard to beat. Interesting, again, you say it's a, a bit of a stallion, you know, making race, well, he's a gelding, so um, <laughs> could be breaking a few hearts there on so they are those big studs, but anyway... Um, yeah, he looks. He sort of picks himself a little bit. Um, maps beautifully, gets everything in his favour. Um, and as I said, he just he looks like the sort of horse that just is going to keep going sort of all day and real tough, tenacious sort of horse. So he's the top rater. I will just mention one here. Let's roll the dice. We've got him rated an eleven dollars chance. You can currently get about thirty four dollars for him. I think he ran really well in the Geelong Classic last start, and his form prior. Looks a bit scratchy, but it's a lot better than it, than it appears. He handles all around, um, and he's, he looks a real, another one of these really strong stays. He's going to relish 2,500 metres, which you obviously needs. So he's definitely worth something each way, I reckon, around the $34 mark. Um, yeah, just a, a peanut each way. All right, so sharp and smart to clear on top of the one, but also um, keen to be involved there at odds. What the three? Let's roll the dice. Well, what about race eight? The Tab Empire Rose Stakes, the Group One, 
over the mile here for the Phillies and Mares. Yeah, this um, this is a tough race. Um, we've landed with our old our old friend here, Hinged. Uh, she is also uh, engaged in the Golden Eagle in Sydney. Mm. So I think she, she's there. going that way. She's, she's definitely going, going Golden Eagle, actually. Yeah, no, oh, she's right, officially okay. scratched already from just up there oh, okay. from the Empire Row. So Hinged and Fangirl come out. So Hinged is going to end up in Sydney running if in the uh, in the Golden Eagle. And she drew yeah. a lot better in uh, in Sydney. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that takes a little bit with those two. They're the two sort of class mares um, mm. of the country, so that takes a bit out of the race. So we've landed with She's Wickety Split then as our second um, top rate of the three-year-old. So the three-year-old don't have a the three-year-olds don't have a great record in this race, to be honest. I think I'm a star one at a couple of years ago, but apart from that, it's slim pickings. But she was really good in the um, in the 1,000 guineas last start. Um, won the Edward Manor fold over this track conditions, um, over this track and distance, sorry, two starts back. Um, and obviously, yeah, she's been rating really highly and same old story, when they get the dropping weight, the, this rating um, scale just loves them. So, yeah, she obviously needs to sort of defy history a little bit with the three-year-olds not having a great record in this race, but everything points to her running, from a ratings perspective, running a really, really good race here um, at around the, I think she's around $9. So, or she's probably going to come in, isn't she, with Hinged and um, Fangirl coming out. But, yeah, even if she gets into around 6 or $7, I feel, still think she's a good bet. It's She's Lickety Split. It's number 16 in the Tab Empire Rose Stakes now. Fair bit of water to go onto the bridge, yes, but Tuesday is Melbourne Cup Day. Everyone becomes an expert on Melbourne Cup Day, but what does the form or what does the ratings, and again, I preface this at this early stage, we've still got the final field to be declared and all those sorts of things, but can you give us any insight into to the ratings or, or what we need to look for if uh, we're still trying to find our selection for the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, well, it's an interesting race. We're still waiting for a couple of ratings to come through for the international horses, but I can tell you that they're going to rate a lot well, far superior to any of the locally trained ones here. Um, firstly, Deville De- De- Legend, Deville Legend, God, I'm struggling there. He bolted in last start uh, at York over 2,400 metres, and he beat a horse called Secret State, who's a really well-performed English um, stayer. And in third there was El Bodegon, who obviously ran a cracker in the Cox mm. Plate last Saturday. So that's pretty hot form. I think 55.5 kilos is a pretty good weight for him, to be honest. He's one of these um, Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds who's come down and they've had a great record in the Cup. So he's got McAvoy booked, who's obviously already won three Cups. Um, if he can draw between four and, say, 12, I think he's probably the one to beat. Another international of interest is Kamora. He won the Curra Cup, which has been a great lead-up to the Melbourne Cup in the last um, few years. He was well beaten in the, in the Irish St. Ledger last start, but that was like an elite race with Europe, Europe's best stayers, um, and he clearly wasn't at his best. There. He was beaten about 20 lengths. So I'd sort of forget that and go on the Curra Cup win two starts back. He handles all conditions, and he's a horse that's just going to relish 3,200 metres and run it right out. So of the internationals, as I say, without everything sort of coming in and all the data coming in yet, they probably look the two pick of the internationals for me. Um, as far as the sort of locally trained horses, the Caulfield Cup, I'm not I'm not that keen on the form out of it, but I think Montefilia was the best run in the race. She, she probably, probably should have run second, I thought, or maybe even if not second, then a close-up third. 
she just got a long way back there and she was held up around in the home turn uh, in the Caulfield Cup. When she got clear, she ran the seventh fastest last 200 of the day. So considering there's 1,000 metre races and 1,100 metre races on the day and she's over 2,400, um, that's a pretty pre- impressive final final sectional. Mm. She's untested over 3,200, but I, she gives the impression it'll suit and I think Flemington will... She'll love Flemington, the big spacious track there. So if I have to have a like as a winning chance out of the Caulfield Cup, I think she's probably the best, Montefilia. And the other one I'll mention is also out of the Caulfield Cup, Knight's Order, who he won the Sydney Cup in the autumn, um, and he's he's running, he's racing really well this time, and he's running the Caulfield Cup was good on the speed. In the Melbourne Cup, there always just seems to be like, every year there's that one up front that just keeps that dour sort of stayer that just keeps plodding along and, mm. and holding on for second or third or fourth or whatever. I think he might be the one this year. Um, he should probably be able to get the lead, you know, on his own and dictate. He's got Tim Clark, I think, going to be booked, so he's a great judge. Pace up front, yeah, I think he can if he can get to the front, you know, relatively easily and just glide along. He might be able to hang on for second or third or one for the multiples there, but. Not sure he's a winning chance, but um, yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning that yeah, there's always one that sort of hangs on from up front, and he could be the one this year. All right, well, that's a bit of an early look at the Melbourne Cup as well. Hopefully, we've helped you find a few winners across Derby Day as well. Now, it is a huge week coming up from Flemington, as we mentioned, not only the Derby Day, you've got Cup Day Tuesday, Oaks Day Thursday, and then the big, what they're calling it, Champions Day, the last Champions day. Champions Day now, yeah. yeah. They've gone the Hong Kong, the Hong Kong yeah. vibe. I like it. It's not bad. It's not bad. But a big week coming up now. We've, we've spoken a few times in the past about uh, the team from Dynamic Form potentially uh, giving away a few uh, subscriptions for a period of time. Cup week doesn't sound like a bad week to do it. Yeah, we thought Cup week was probably the perfect week. You get four blockbuster meetings there um, in the space of seven days. So, um, yeah, if you... Um, obviously, uh, James uh, tweets out on the Racing Nation... Um, Twitter handle, um, this podcast. So the first five people to retweet that tweet that he puts out, normally at about, what, 12 o'clock or 12.30, um, yeah, James? Yeah, should be up yep. there, yep, yep. Yep, yep. So the first five people to retweet that will get in contact with you and give you a, um, a week subscription to Dynamic Form to sort you out for the Flemington Carnival. So, nice. Um, yeah, just for Racing Nation uh, listeners, of course. Right, so there you go. So um, we'll... First five to retweet when we when we send out the this podcast. So hit the retweet there, and then the team from uh, from Dynamic Dynamic will be in touch, and we'll we'll set you up there that way. So all right. So make sure you get out there retweeting, and that's going to cover you from uh, for Derby Day, for Cup Day, for for Oaks Day, for uh, for that Champions Day, the last day, and everything else in between. Yeah, that's it. I think Kite and Cup Day's on the Wednesday, so you wouldn't want to miss it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So that's it in racing, as we mentioned, not only in Australia, but a number of the international ones there as well. So that's the idea. So uh, retweet uh, that tweet, and you can find out what it's all about. You can jump onto the website and have a look, dynamicform.com.au. But yep, this is your chance to trial it for a week here um, by listening into this podcast. So get retweeting and find out why Dynamic Form is uh, the number one form option, serious punting, serious form for all different types of punters. It's Australia's most in-depth Form Guide, of course, powered by Dynamic Odds. So there you go. That's your chance to get involved with that. Jack, as always, thanks for joining us on the show. You enjoy the Cup Week, and I uh, look forward to speaking to you again next week. Yep, no worries. Enjoy Derby Day and Cup Day, and I'll speak to you probably before Oaks Day next week. 
Dynamic Form, Australia's most in-depth form guide powered by Dynamic Odds. Every runner, every meeting across Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore and other international jurisdictions. Personalise the form to suit you. Predictive rating for every runner. A comprehensive horse search database, speed maps, black books so you never miss a future winner. Dynamic Form and Dynamic Odds, the best combination in racing. Log on to www.dynamicform.com.au for a free meeting today. Racing Nation with James O'Shea.